welcome back to the Glam the Stage podcast. I've always wanted to do the fade away. Did you hear that? <laughs> um, how are you doing? I'm Angela Lucier. I'm your host. This is episode 48. Oh my God. And I'm so excited about today's episode. I have a very cool guest to share with you. And we are talking about the big, the bad, the ugly. It's not ugly. It's big. And it's not actually bad, but it's a little bit scary topic of negotiation. It's that topic that is kind of on our mind all the time, right? We're always negotiating, whether it's with uh, our our kids, (laughs) not that I have kids, but maybe your kids, negotiating with you know, friends for jobs, for, for speaker fees, for all kinds of things. Negotiation is such a big part of our lives. And on today's show, I'm going to talk to Dory Seberg, who trains women and men to become better negotiators. And we also had Jamie Lee on the podcast way back in the early days. I think it was episode like four or five. So today we're having a follow-up conversation to discuss more of the ins and outs of negotiation, why the gender pay gap exists, how to ask for what you're worth, how to get rid of those nerves so that you feel more confident in the conversation, and how to be more prepared so that you have a good case for why you're asking for what you're asking for. So there's a lot we cover here today. Dory uh, teaches the subject every day, so she she knows a ton about it. And I'm very excited to bring this topic to you today. So if you are excited about learning about negotiation, this episode is for you. Dory Seberg is program manager for AAUW's Salary Negotiation Workshops, AAUW Work Smart, and AAUW Start Smart. Using the lens of the gender pay gap, AAUW's Salary Negotiation Workshops empower women with the skills and confidence they need to successfully negotiate their salary and benefits. Dory has managed AAUW Work Smart and AAUW Smart Start Smart for the past nine years training thousands of women on college campuses and in cities and communities across the country to ask for and receive the salary they deserve. Dory, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, Angela. I'm so glad to have you because this topic of negotiation comes up all the time. And I think no matter how much we talk about it, we can always learn something new. So very excited to jump into this interview. But before we get into some of your tips, I'd love to hear about how you got into this type of work. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I am lucky enough to have been raised by a feminist. My mother, um, her line of work was always um, working in leadership, you know, advancing leadership for women. And um, I started out my career in education and loved teaching. But then when I had my first child, and it became increasingly more difficult to um, juggle work and um, having a small child at home. I was lucky enough to go to work with my mother, who at the time was working with the Wage Project, um, and that stands for Women Are Getting Even. And she and the Wage Project's founder, Dr. Evelyn Murphy, created the Start Smart and Work Smart curricula. And they piloted the workshop on nine campuses in the Boston area, on college campuses in the Boston area. 
and to huge success because obviously women were clamoring to have this information and, and, and learn how to be better negotiators. And so after I had my first child, my mom asked me if I um, would be helpful in kind of an administrative way with the program. And so I started doing that. And that was in 2008. So I'm almost I've almost been with the program for 10 years um, and, you know, have gone from just doing data entry to basically managing the program. And then when um, the American Association of University Women uh, purchased the rights to the to the workshops in 2014, I was lucky enough to come on and stay on as the program manager. So um, so that's kind of my history of how I found my way here. And I'm just very lucky to be in my position. So I love that. And I'm wondering when you were a kid and you were watching your mom put together this type of programming and offering for women, were you thinking, wow, my mom is so cool? Or were you thinking, I don't know what she's doing. This is, this is some <laughs> weird thing my mom does. <laughs> you know, that's a good question. I think a little of both. Um, I think, you know, when I was younger, I, I was probably a little jealous of her time. And, you know, my mom was also a single mom and was juggling us kids and work. Um, so I don't think I quite understood the importance of the work she did. And it's interesting to now be in my mid 40s and to have children of my own and to have a career doing something similar. I really hope that my children, I have two daughters as well. So I hope that they oh. um, see, you know, the impact of the work that I do. And it's funny, my, my daughter, um, who's now 11, but when she was younger, used to go around and say, yeah, well, my mom's in the equal pay business. So, you know, <laughs> she's doing really important work. So, yeah, I think um, I definitely retrospectively have a lot more um, respect for my mother and what she does, obviously. Um, and I'm sure as a kid, some of that was imparted to me. But um, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Was there a moment in your life when you realized, wow, the work my mom is doing is changing lives? It's so important. Was there something that happened? Or was it just kind of over time, you started to recognize this is pretty cool? Yeah, I mean, I've always witnessed her being such a compassionate person and towards other women, to people in general, but certainly to other women and an advocate for women. And so I just grew up seeing that role model, um, you know, whether it's just extending a helping hand to someone or seeing her in that leadership role, um, directing programs and, um, you know, developing programming for, for women. So, um, but it was really when, you know, I, and again, I think when you're an adult, obviously you can understand things um, better than when you were a child. So it was really when I started working with her together on the Start Smart and Work Smart workshops. And I would see her in action facilitating the workshops that I was just blown away at her ability to just create these amazing relationships with um, the people in our workshops, um, how much they um, really connected with her and the light bulbs that would go off in their heads when she was um, leading the workshops. And then the, the responses that I would see from those participants afterwards. I mean, she would just get thank you note after thank you note, this changed my life. And that was just a really powerful thing to see. She has since retired. She's 74. And, and so she's no longer helping with the programs. But um, but for the, you know, for basically the past uh, seven years before she retired, 
she and I were working in tandem on this. And it's, it's a pretty amazing opportunity to be able to have that relationship with your mother. It's probably not something everybody can do, but, (laughs) but I feel really lucky. That is such a cool story. I'm so um, inspired by that. And I think it's so cool that you've had that opportunity to witness your mom in action and see all the lives she's touched and also how many lives you touch as a result of what she put together all those years ago. That's really, really beautiful. So I want to know, before we go any further, so everyone listening knows, what is AAUW? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What is this organization? So AAW is the American Association of University Women, and we are a nonprofit uh, member-based organization. So we have branch members, uh, national members who are individuals. We have college university members um, who all support our mission, which is basically advancing equity for women and girls. And um, we've been around since 1881. And we have examined and taken position on most of the important issues of the day, whether it be social, economic, educational, or political. And um, the main avenues that we use to advance our mission is through advocacy, education, philanthropy, and research. So I am part of our education arm, and I, um, as you know, I'm the program manager for Salary Negotiation Workshop. So this is programming that we promote on college campuses, organizations, uh, governments, and you know, basically anybody who's interested in hosting our workshops. Yeah, so a big part of your work is those negotiation workshops for women exclusively. And I'm wondering, why why are you just focusing on women? Because it's probably a skill everyone needs. <laughs> well, I, I do want to have a correction that it's not exclusively for women. We Anybody is welcome to attend our workshops. And oh. in fact, often we do have men present. Um, so, you know, we, we, we never exclude anybody from coming. But as you mentioned in your introduction, the negotiation workshops are through the lens of the gender wage gap. And we, um, you know, we discuss how this gender wage gap happens, you know, we define it and give the current stats on what's happening with the, the gender pay gap nationally, and why we women tend to shy away from negotiation. So we really want to answer those questions. And then after we kind of gain some perspective on that, that's when we go into teaching the skills and resources that um, women need to help them to be better negotiators. Hmm. So, um, yeah. Can you share some of those stats on the gender pay gap? Sure. So, um, you know, there there's lots of information out there and it's constantly changing. But um, one of the references that we cite a lot is um, Linda Babcock, who's done a lot of work around um, women negotiating. And she found that women, 55% of women are apprehensive about negotiating compared to 39% of men. And typically 46% of men will always negotiate while only 30% of women negotiate. And in a recent study on millennials, they found that 66% of women accepted job offers without negotiating their salary. So there's a lot of evidence that points to the fact that women either don't know they can negotiate, or they're not comfortable negotiating, or they, you know, we're not, we just don't have the skills or resources to be um, good at salary negotiation. And so that's why we 
facilitate these workshops to help them change that mindset, to gain that confidence, and to really arm themselves with the skills and the resources to prepare themselves to go into those negotiation conversations. Does the research go a step further in terms of the why women aren't equipped with those skills and and why they're apprehensive? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the main comments that we get in this, this, I'm referencing Dr. Evelyn Murphy, who created the original Start Smart and Work Smart curricula. Um, she wrote a book called Women Are Getting Even. Um, in, and in her research, she found that, um, you know, basically women are just, you know, afraid. There, there's a lot of anxiety. Um, we are not comfortable talking about ourselves. We often feel like when we, um, you know, talk about ourselves, we're bragging. Um, we tend to view um, conversations, especially around money, as confrontational. Um, so, and that's typically when we're talking about ourselves. I mean, you know, we can certainly advocate on behalf of our children, our loved ones. We, um, you know, we are very quick to, to give somebody a compliment or see, um, all of the wonderful attributes that our friends have. But when it comes to speaking about ourselves, we, we aren't as comfortable. So that's, that's really the, the, the first part of our workshop that we dive into right after, um, discussing the gender wage gap is knowing your value and really owning that value. So do you do some kind of a reframe around advocating for yourself so that women feel less like bragging and more like they're just, you know, giving themselves a chance to get what they're worth? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's really that whole point of the know your value section is to change that mindset and to help them understand, um, you know, I've, I've done the work. I, you know, I'm out there working hard every day. I, I, you know, I deserve to be, to be compensated for that. And, um, so the first section that we start with is the know your value section, as I mentioned, and that's really where we, we have them do this exercise where they, um, align their, they first make a list of their skills, their experience, their accomplishments, um, all of those attributes that make them successful and really bring value to what they do that are also aligned with either their current position or one they're seeking. And once they have that comprehensive list, then we use those to create value statements. So they're basically kind of creating an elevator pitch using that information. Um, and then we just have that discussion around, you know, you are your own brand. There's nobody else out there that's going to be able to advocate for yourself better than you can. Um, so really getting comfortable by having those prepared value statements and practicing them is a huge way that women can kind of overcome some of the, um, you know, trepidation they have. And so we do that in the workshop. That's a whole exercise that we do. And we encourage them when they go home to continue to practice that, um, speaking with you know friends, neighbors, loved ones, whoever, is, whoever will sit there and let them practice with them. <laughs> that sounds so, so transformational. You <laughs> must hear some really interesting comments at that point of the workshop, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, especially, you know, sometimes when women sit down and really put to paper what what it is they bring to the table and, and they realize, oh, my goodness, you know, I really am <laughs> important and I really do add a lot of value. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about how we women often have to have every single box checked 
um, you know, as far as the qualifications and the requirements for a position where men, you know, if they have two or three, they're, they think, great, I'm, I'm totally qualified for this position. But we often sell ourselves short and think, well, if I don't have everything um, checked, then, then obviously I'm not qualified. And so we really want women to change that mindset and understand where their value is and how much it does apply, you know, because obviously if you're going for a position, you're, you're going to make sure you're a well fit. And another thing that we tell them is that once you have that job offer, you have the advantage, you know, they want you, they've chosen you out of all of the candidates that they have, um, interviewed. And it's really hard to go back to the drawing board (laughs) for a lot of employers when, you know, when they've gone through the hiring process. So you have the, the upper hand to really, um, and to use that as leverage, you know, to really help that um, give you more confidence when you go in to have the conversation around nego- negotiating your salary. Yeah. And same thing goes for women who are interested in being hired as a speaker at a conference or at a, a corporation. You know, there's a lot of vetting that goes on before the conversation to have them come in. So they, there's also that, that level of value they bring to the conversation that they need to recognize, you know, I'm worth what I'm asking for. And you've already seen it because otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yep. Um, So what are some common misconceptions about negotiation? Yeah, I think um, people, like I said before, um, people tend to get anxious about it because we assume that it's a confrontation. And so we always say it's not a confrontation. It's a conversation. And it's really a conversation around finding a win-win situation for you and your employer. And so, um, if you can kind of step back from thinking you're bragging and really just use it as an opportunity to share your strengths, to really, again, articulate your worth um, and practice that enough, you'll you'll be more comfortable and, um, you know, hopefully be able to accomplish a, um, a salary that, that you feel adequately compensates you. Because the last thing you want to do is get stuck in a salary where you feel undervalued or in a position where you really just feel like you're not being valued. Um, and we, we know from the, from the research that men are making 20% more on average, um, than women. And so, you know, why shouldn't we be getting the same? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would think if you take a job at a salary below what you feel your worth or that you really wanted, you come in the door with a sense of resentment and that's not a great way to start a job. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That's not setting yourself up for, for very good morale at your job. And, you know, another thing that we teach our participants is that employers are most of the time expecting some kind of conversation around salary. Um, you know, it's not uncommon and they, they have a range that they are usually authorized to offer their employers because they know that there is going to be some back and forth conversation. That's not true in every field, but you know, in most situations and most industry industries and fields, there is that expectation that a negotiation was, would, will be happening. Um, you know, so 
helping to, you know, change that mindset that if I ask for more, I'm going to be considered, um, you know, just a troublemaker or all of the different (laughs) greedy, right? (laughs) Greedy. Exactly. Um, you know, and unfortunately we women suffer from the double bind where, you know, we have certain expectations that are placed upon us. And if we don't act within those roles, we can sometimes be judged. Mm -hmm. So we understand how nerve wracking this can be and the anxiety that women can feel around this issue. So again, that's, you know, something that we try to help alleviate in our workshops and help them push through some of those anxieties and not get discouraged. I love that. And and I think when you're negotiating, you also have to remember that the opportunity to say no and walk away is always there, even though that's scary to say no to an opportunity. So do you guys coach or have some sort of I don't know, mindset you teach for helping women feel okay about saying no and walking away from the offer? We do. That is a, a, a part of the workshop. You know, we, we teach them to, t- to pay attention to the conversation, the dynamic of, you know, the conversation. And if at any point, you know, you feel that the offer is in danger, that, um, you know, it might be rescinded, you can stop it at any point. And, um, and when we're teaching the a, a big part of our workshop is our salary benchmarking uh, exercise that we go through and we, we do modeling to show participants how to do the objective research on the market value of the position that they're looking for. And so they're really armed with that data, which again gives them confidence because if you know that this position pays this much in this location, you can feel more, um, you know, valid or validated in your, your decision to ask for that. Um, and so, you know, using that salary benchmarking information, really having your target salary, um, identified, putting that in a range and having all of that prepared ahead of time really, um, again, gives you that, that, um, objective data that, that is, those are facts, you know, those are indisputable facts that women can use to help them um, make their case. And I think that gives more confidence as well, because, you know, you're not just pulling numbers out of the air. Yeah. um, Arbitrarily. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, it gives a lot of confidence to say, no, I did my research. It's all right here. But so that's a really good tip and that you can bring with you to the conversation. But what are the mistakes you see women make when they're negotiating that maybe don't give them that additional confidence or, you know, that credibility in the conversation? Sure. I think um, using subjective information or making a negotiation personal, um, because again, your employer wants to know that you can do the job and if you can convince them that you're the best person and that you're going to be an amazing employee, um, they're going to want to pay you more for that. But if you base your negotiation on the debt that you have, the student loans, um, you know, taking care of an ill parent or, you know, you're a single mom with children, those types of things aren't, um, aren't a convincing or compelling reason to have your employer pay you more. They really aren't going to care too much about your personal situation. So really, you know, keeping it grounded in those objective facts. Um, and then, you know, we, we can't stress more, um, getting, preparing yourself, like I said, with that information, doing your research, even before you start, um, applying and interviewing, have all of this information in your back pocket, um, 
find out as much as you can about the industry. Who who are the competitors? You know, what are some of the major things that your company is doing? Um, read up on it. Talk to people in the industry. Get all of the facts because that again is going to give you a, a leg up because they're going to see, wow, this person's really smart, and you'll be able to talk articulately about. Um, you know, how you plan to start contributing to the company day one, because you understand the way they operate, you understand their mission, you understand how they compete. So um, again, doing doing that research and being as knowledgeable as possible is so key. Yeah, what you're talking about is similar to what I talk about a lot on this podcast for speakers is to think about who's in your audience. What are their challenges? What are their goals? What are their needs? Make sure when you're creating a presentation that it matches what they're looking for, not what you need. So you're saying the same exact thing is important in negotiation. Think about your audience and and create a presentation that matches what would be important to them. Absolutely. Where are those transferable skills? Uh, Think about some objections. What might your potential employer or if you're uh, negotiating for a promotion or a raise, what might your current employer um, object to and have a response to that? Um, You know, really, really think about how you can parlay yourself into a a, a more advantageous situation that is fair and equitable. Mm hmm. That's awesome. So negotiation, besides having, you know, the information and the knowledge of what you should be saying and how you should be presenting yourself, it can still bring up a lot of nerves. And I think it it can be very scary for people. Do you have any tips for dealing with those nerves and staying confident throughout the conversation? Well, we recommend uh, having your, your cheat sheet with you, basically. Um, you know, if you have a little folder or portfolio that you carry with you when you sit down to meet with your potential employer, um, and having that prioritized list of all of the things you want to discuss, all of the areas that you want to articulate that really show your value, um, you know, have those salary ranges and, and the benefits information that you're asking for, Um, clearly written out so you can refer to that. Another tip is if you are feeling like you're not ready to move into the negotiation right away, you can always ask for time. Um, You know, thank them for the offer. I would like to have a couple days to to consider it. May I get back to you in 48 hours and then make sure that you do and you, you know, you have that scheduled. Um, And that's okay. You know, oftentimes there is that that freedom, you know, to, or liberty to have, um, a a few days to, to consider an offer. Um, so, you know, but again, I can't stress enough the, the research part and practicing having those, you know, (laughs) it sounds, it sounds kind of cheesy, but having those scripted responses ready to go and practicing them over and over again. So you become comfortable with the language. Um, we do a, a, a whole practice role play in the workshop, but we also model a, um, an example of how a negotiation, um, conversation can go. And, um, we tell our participants, go home and, and practice these kinds of negotiation conversations with a friend, um, you know, really get yourself in that comfortable position using the language. So those automatic responses just roll right off your tongue. And I think that helps get rid of some of the nerves. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's the same exact thing for public speaking is like the only way to get better at it is to practice. And once you've said it out loud, you've heard your your voice, you know, saying those words and you've really embodied what you're saying. Does it really start to feel comfortable? And if you're saying it for the first time in front of a potential employer, that's a really nerve wracking thing. That's a nerve wracking way to go. <laughs> yes, it is. It's very scary. Um, but I, I, I do think that having that, that pitch prepared already um, and practicing it is is really helpful in alleviating a lot of those those fears when you're in the actual situation. Yeah. So you've given a lot of tips, a lot of ideas, a lot of ways to prepare, a lot of ways to set yourself up for success. Can you share a story about a woman who attended one of your workshops, followed your advice, and how it helped her? Yeah. I mean, we are lucky in that we get testimonials and success stories sent to us all the time, which is really exciting. Um, there was one and I, I'm can't remember which workshop. I, I know it was a start smart workshop, but she was so excited. She had come to our workshop. Um, she was a non-traditional student. So, um, I believe that she was already working, but, um, had real trepidation around, um, asking for a raise and she was feeling undervalued in her current position. And so, um, she, she wrote the cutest letter and I'm just paraphrasing what she wrote, but basically she said, I went home and I practiced in front of the mirror and I practiced with my boyfriend. I did everything you said. And I, and she was able to get a 40% increase in her salary, which is huge. I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so Um, yeah, I think, you know, that one is just one of those rock star examples that, um, you know, but, you know, we do, we hear how women, not only do we hear just the level of confidence that they've gained, but like I said, we get those stories back that said, I went in and I did it and I, I got promoted or I got an increase. Um, so yeah, so it's really exciting to see that kind of impact, um, yeah, absolutely. That is having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your favorite tip when it comes to being a better negotiator? Like if we were on an elevator right now and you only had 30 seconds to tell me something, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. My favorite tip. I mean, I it really does go back to that know your value. Um, you know, if, if you can just really empower yourself and embrace what you bring to the table and, um, and just try to, to own that value. I think that's really, um, the biggest piece. And then, you know, of course the practice piece, I just can't stress that enough, how important it is to, to really be prepared and practice. Okay. So know your worth and practice and Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. So before we jump into the lightning round and our five quick questions, do you have any last pieces of advice for successful negotiation? Um, you know, some other advice is to always keep a professional, um, persona. So be careful of oversharing through social media and, you know, make sure that you're every way that you're presenting yourself as professional. Um, you know, also understand what the um, legislation is in your area around pay equity laws and things like that. Um, oftentimes, there there's certain states, not many, but um, hopefully more will be coming on board that um, you know have legislation around the types of questions that can be asked about salary history during an interview and things like that. 
Um, so yeah, just, and again, um, like I said, do your homework, get out there and really, um, talk to people in the industry, um, know the ins and outs of, of what you're, um, going to be doing in, in the role where you're going to be working and just be prepared. Awesome. All right, let's jump into our lightning round. We have five quick questions with Dory. Number one, what's the number one piece of advice you have for women who want to be well-known speakers? Yeah, so again, you you are your own brand and um, being able to have confidence in that and really kind of sell yourself, for lack of a better expression, um, I think that's that's really key. Um, you know, we are all awesome and letting other people see how amazing we are is a really good thing. Definitely. Number two, do you have a personal operating philosophy? And if so, what is it? You know, I, I feel like I always try to lead with compassion, try to understand people's situations and um, seek the good in others. And it's always really important to me to create positive relationships. I feel like um, things really can grow out of those positive relationships. And, um, that's a huge part of what I do as a program manager. I'm, I'm just constantly working with, uh, branch members, campus leaders, um, you know, government officials, uh, organization heads and things like that. And, and the relationships that we build are what really make our program work. So, Number three, what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, I, I would have to, to say don't doubt yourself. Um, have confidence in your decisions and in your abilities. Mm-hmm. And number four, what advice do you have for your 75-year-old self? <sighs> no regrets. Um, <laughs> we all make choices in life. Um, some of them are good. Some might be mistakes. Um, but we, you know, hopefully we learn from those and, um, and if it is a mistake, we move on and we, and we try to do better next time. And number five, if you had to pick one object to represent yourself, what would you pick? I would have to say a book. (laughs) Cool. Why? A good good piece of literature. Um, because I, I think that a good writer, when they have a good story and have that kind of layered um, plot line or, you know, complex character. um, I just, I think that kind of, you know, that's life. Everything is complex. Everything is layered. And um, when you have that amazing piece of literature that kind of captures the human condition, um, I think that's an amazing thing. So, Mm -hmm. And lastly, what does it mean to you to claim the stage? I think it really, again, means know your value and own your value. Mm-hmm. Put yourself out there and, and make it happen. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to share with my audience? Like how we can get more information about AAUW? Absolutely. So um, there are lots of ways that you can get involved with AAUW as an organization or with our salary negotiation program. Um, Campuses and organizations can host our workshops. People can attend our workshops and um, people can also become facilitators and lead our workshops. So um, if you are interested in any of those areas, you can reach out to us at salary.aauw.org. 
or you can just go to our main AAW website, which is aaw.org. So we have a lot of speakers listening to the podcast. If they're interested in facilitating one of the negotiation workshops, are there any qualifications or what would they need to do in order to become a facilitator? Mm -hmm. Right. So basically, they would just need to have a passion for uh, pay equity and the salary negotiation um, area. And then it's helpful if they have good uh, facilitation skills, whether they've been a teacher or um, led other kinds of programming. Um, But that's not required. Um, And um, to stay current as a facilitator, they would need to go through our facilitator training And then we just ask them to stay current by attending um, a refresher training that we host once a year. And then we work with them to assign them to workshops if they don't already have, um, you know, an organization or a campus that they're currently working with. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Dory. This was really inspirational and informational. And I hope, you know, I'm sure everyone listening is getting a ton from this because we always have to negotiate in life and it can never be too prepared. So that's really, really helpful. And before we say goodbye, I want you to give your mom a high five from me for oh, being I amazing. Will. <laughs> you should, you should have her on the podcast. She's a pretty amazing woman. So if you ever need another speaker, let me know. <laughs> and I really appreciate being here, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great speaking with you, Dory. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Dory is amazing and so glad to have her on the show today. If you liked what you heard, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. Very quick. It takes maybe a minute to rate the show and review it. And if you do so, more people can find it, which is such a huge bonus because we're all about helping all our favorite speakers and to-be speakers out there in the world. So thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. I'm a big fan of yours. I hope you're a big fan of the show. And as always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.